if you don't have that soul in there when you're dancing, I think that it, it just reads personally, maybe because I'm a dancer and I know, but I feel like anyone can really see that. Dance is driven by passion and determination. Okay, welcome or welcome back to the Map Life Podcast. I am Simon Williams, the founder of Motivation and Performance Partners. And the reason I started this podcast was to take a trip into the treasure chest of high performers to discover the strategies that they used to achieve their greatness. Not only that, I'm also interested to know how they were able to transition through the Valley of Shadows and overcome changes and challenges in their lives and how they stay on top of their own mental health and wellness in order to live their most inspired life. Now, I think it's imperative that each conversation will offer you tools to take away, to implement in your own life, in order to improve and to place you on the path to a more purposeful, meaningful and fulfilling existence. Now, as something to say thank you to you all for tuning in, I've curated some sponsors who will be offering you discounts as the season rolls on. These sponsors have also offered up some product for me to put into a prize pack for you to win. Pretty simple, really. Subscribe and review the Map Life podcast wherever you get your podcasts, as we're now on Apple, Spotify, Google, and wherever else they are. And also follow Map Life, that's M A P underscore L I F E on Instagram. Now, I'm so stoked that this podcast has been resonating so loudly with you all, and I'm able to bring these prizes to you. So, show our sponsors some love on their Instagram accounts as well, or better yet, use the discount codes, and I promise you that all these products that I've brought on board as sponsors are products that I use and I believe in to increase quality of mindset, performance, and mental health. Okay, team. On today's podcast is my friend Chloe Leong. Now, Chloe is one of the most respected and probably successful contemporary artists, dancers in Australia. Now, she's danced all over the world. She's, in fact, been in companies in Barcelona, in London, and now she dances for one of Australia's, if not Australia's, premium dance company. She's won numerous awards for her artistry. And in today's conversation, we go into the power behind precision, process, progress, and intention. We discuss the importance of priming yourself with good routines for high performance. We discuss and develop the avoidable comparative narrative. And we also discuss the relationship and the trust that one must have with themselves in order to progress and achieve at the level that she's achieved at. It's an incredible conversation and it really was an eye-opening conversation for me personally and I'm hoping it's the same for you. So enjoy my conversation with the lovely Chloe Leon. We're talking at performing, you know, dancing at the highest level probably possible in Australia and which is in comparison to, you know, the highest grades in the world. How do you handle that intensity in the studio but also outside of the studio? So let's maybe start with inside the studio. How do you handle that intensity of precision of performance? 
I think it's very unique to each dancer. I, um, and it also depends on the season that we're performing. I mean, we might have a double bill, so that's two pieces, and one work might be really intense and the other work might not be. I remember last year or the year before that we did a triple bill and we basically came back from holidays and then a week later we were travelling to South America to perform a triple bill in, you know, say Bogota where the um, oxygen level is pretty low. Uh, so it just depends. But in the studio when we're creating, it can be pretty relentless. I, you know, there's a lot of repetition, a lot of um, just having to constantly just give, 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 give. For myself, I just make sure that like as soon as work finishes, I walk out the door and I don't think about work. I completely switch off. Otherwise, if I try and, you know, I go back home and I'm thinking, oh, man, there's like two counts of eight. I can't, I still can't get it, you know, and I try and practice it at home. Then, you know, I find the next day I'll come in and I'm, I'm still wired from the day before. So I think having a good plan of switching off uh, every day after work, that really, really helps and a huge dose of magnesium. More than what is recommended for the for a person on a daily basis. Um, yeah. Was there ever a period in your life, perhaps growing up, when you weren't able to switch off, when it was almost pedantic? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think, I think when I was at school, when I was training, uh, it was definitely harder to switch off. I think knowing. Um, the level of competition out there and uh, I think especially when I was at full-time ballet I think that was really difficult because I felt that I was quite behind my peers so I felt the need to really just put in the extra effort and while also having this like little little voice saying you know you need to try harder you need to work harder than everyone else because you're already behind. Um, so that was quite hard to switch off. And, yeah, auditioning, that's also a really, really intense period of, you know, just constantly being in your head and uh, thinking that, you know, you've got to do this and you've got to do that. And whereas, like, you would just end up burning out, really. <laughs> I think back, I definitely burnt out. The thing that fascinates me with with ballet, with dance, in the creative arts in that form is the precision that is required, but also that it's such a body expression, but so many dancers spend so much time in the mind. You know, obviously it's a combination of the mind and the body, mm. but have you noticed moments in your career when you haven't felt uh, aligned with what you're doing and have those moments corresponded with spending more time in the mind or more time outside of the body can you correlate any of that yeah I mean it's funny it's like dance is it's definitely requires a mind and body alignment 
but yet you spend majority like almost 90% of your career and training performing in front of a mirror and you know you're you just have your reflection in front of you the entire time and yes you know you shouldn't be looking at yourself when you're when you're rehearsing in the mirror but like it's almost impossible and then you have either your um, colleagues or if you're a student you have your peers who are also vying for the same position in a company and or your peer your colleagues are um, vying for the same role that you're auditioning for and like so it's hard not to like just constantly have this um, comparative narrative in your head and um, yeah definitely when I have had that disalignment I've it's definitely that I've been in my my mind and um, not any real connection to my body and what I'm doing which is a really awful feeling because I think uh, with any athlete knowing and um, being familiar with that feeling of alignment not having that it's very um it's very just like it's not a nice feeling and i found that i think the maybe the word you're looking for is disheartening exactly exactly it's disheartening um and when and the times when i really have had a very strong um disconnection between my mind and my body and I've very much been in my mind is when I've injured myself. So that's, uh, yeah. That's a profound realization that can hopefully preface or at least highlight to any young dancers out there, male or female, about the importance of the alignment. And I think that comes, a lot of that comes from intention. Mm -hmm. You know, when we're growing up, the importance of the physicality of it is of repetition of, you know, of competition, of pushing mm. yourself to those extreme limits to get to where you want to go is, I think is supremely important. I think it's that extra 1% that you give that is all the difference. Uh, and the, the accumulation of those 1% turn good into great. But there's a point in your career where you don't need to do that anymore because you're so robotic and so autonomous in terms of the the basic skills that the need is more to focus more on how to take your mind or put your mind to a more positive, sometimes restful, but very much an aligned state with the body. So have you found in your Mm. career strategies or, or ways in which to align yourself when you've become misaligned? Yes. I think um, another reason why I um, that disconnection does occur is because of, personally speaking, because of pressure from um, the company, pressure from myself, uh, and in that comes self-doubt and, um, you know, overthinking every step and so much so that it's like you know it's you're not performing you're not dancing you're kind of just like you said robotically kind of um repeating the steps that you've been practicing for the past you know three months but for myself I think it's when I realize that happens and I'm kind of just like you know what like I'm just gonna do 
um, it in a way that feels good to me and, you know, not doubt my ability and the fact that I am a professional dancer. I am in one of the leading contemporary companies in the world um, and to just trust that. And when it's that trust is there, it's just such a different um, experience. It's really, really, really like beautiful and uh, and as much as I say that it's so beautiful and it's amazing, it's so easy to not do. <laughs> it's so easy to fall back. But, yeah, having that trust and just, you know, thinking like who cares? Who cares what the audience thinks? They won't know if I've made a mistake, you know. Who cares what my boss thinks? If I've made a mistake, I've made a mistake. I'm human also. And that's what I think people, a lot of people, and as dancers, we forget. It's like we're also human. There's a human element to the fact that we will get steps wrong and, you know, fall out of a turn and stuff like that. So, But we're just so harsh on ourselves. We just critique ourselves so badly. I've spent a lot of time with a lot of guys in bands, side of stage, backstage, front of stage, the whole thing. And when you're front of stage, as you said, watching the performance, the passion and the aliveness and, you know, the music and everything that's coming at you, really encapsulated and enveloped by the performance. And you're looking at all different members of the band and it's just mind-blowing. You know, you're having the time mm. of your life. And then you go backstage yeah. and you talk to the boys about how they played or the girls, how they play. And they're like, oh, yeah, we fucked this bit up and we hit this. And it's and the little yeah. intricacies is that you're your own worst critic. When in actual fact, if you just got out of the head and enjoyed the performance and let your body – Ian Thorpe used to say, I train as hard as I can and then in performance I just let my body do what I've trained it to do. Mm. And he went out and became the legend that he is. Yeah, And I don't necessarily think that's just basically just throwing the mind to the wayside. I think it's more about aligning, as yeah. you said, that intention before you step out onto the stage. As you said, I'm going to enjoy this. Um, I'm going to spend mm. a lot more time enjoying and allowing my body, my mind, my heart, my soul to experience this the way that it's meant to be experienced. The same way that when I was four or five years old, I'm guessing, you know, and you're pirouetting around the, the lounge room with mum and dad, whatever, and you in the way of the television just because you just love to dance, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Is, is there a point or is there that joy, is there that unbridled joy that you have, that you had when you were a child dancing? This is a bit of a loaded question because I think the answer will be no, but I hope it is yes. Is there an alignment of that feeling to now? Can adults have the same feeling when they express themselves through performance as they did when they were a child? Through performance? No, absolutely not. Uh, I mean, that, that feeling that you described as a child, that's like total inhibition. And um, yeah, I feel like that movement and that feeling comes without knowledge. And so um, being a professional dancer and performing, it's, it's like you have too much knowledge and, um, you know, you're, and also at the same time, it's like you are performing with other people. You're not there on stage by yourself um, majority of the time. You know, you're interacting with people. You might be um, partnering someone 
you might be partnered, you need to um, keep that connection. And so no, not that, not that total inhibition of movement. Performative wise, if you were to be inside your home, put on a piece of music and improvise, absolutely, like totally. But even then, I have to say, if I try and improvise, it it's just so hard for me not to overthink it. Honestly, actually, I'll give you a good example. So on Friday night, my partner Chris and I, we just recently installed a disco ball into our apartment and he chose the playlist. We uh, turned the lights off, put the disco ball on and he is just, he is just letting go and he is just doing whatever he wants. And, you know, yes, part silly, can't take him seriously, but I was just so in awe of the fact that he could just do whatever he wanted and not really care of the outcome. Whereas I, even in that setting, I struggled to just like let myself go and just do whatever. So even that made me like question like, wow, am I so just, uh, I don't know, governed by all the things that I know and and how I should be and how I like should hold myself here that I can't even like turn on the music and just you know let my inhibitions go it was a very uh eye-opening experience for me and you mentioned it previously the the mirror effect you know the 90 percent in the mirror you know Mm. you've got the company looking you've got the crowd looking you've got it all comes down to judgment, right? And totally. like we said, our own worst critic in terms of judgment, we're just judging how precise we are with a certain move or a certain certain execution of a move. And when we are judging ourselves, when it's just the MO, our modus operandi is judgment, we are judging everything that we're doing. If that's what our MO is, then unfortunately there is no opportunity for unbridled freedom or as you said Mm. you know that complete joy that comes from just being free in that moment both of those things are almost on opposite ends of the spectrum I'm only going to use a personal experience but um, when I first started dating my fiance Jen who used to be a professional dancer as well we went to a cacao party where it was just dancing and things and I was just kind of doing the the male thing and just bopping his head and clicking his (laughs) fingers and doing those kind of things because I just felt I, I was either going to be judged, not by Jen, but by myself or by other people. And it, it was completely mm. wrong because I, I love to dance and throw it out there and, and things like that, like Chris does, you know, um, a little bit <laughs> yeah. silly, but also a, a lot of fun. And there was yeah. a moment at a wedding not long ago where I threw sheets to the wind and did it and just the freedom, that feeling came back and I was in the middle of the floor and you know, <laughs> doing all kinds of things and it was so much fun. So what is it now, if you can't have what you've had, what is it then that you are searching for as a professional dancer? Oh, that's a hard question. <laughs> <sighs> it's funny. I think for me, the whole not maybe the whole, but one of the main reasons why I still continue to want to dance professionally is to 
be challenged and to be inspired and to surprise myself for someone to a choreographer to come in and be like you can it's okay this sounds a bit um strange but for someone to be like you can do better not in like a really horrible like you're not good enough kind of way but just in a I see your potential and I see where you can take it and you're not taking it there yet so and in that respect then you know guiding me into that not just being like well you got to find it um so having that I think is my main ammo because then I'm surprising myself I'm going oh no I haven't reached my peak I haven't I'm not this type of dancer that I've put in this box. I can be something else and so much more. And I think that's what the beauty of, especially contemporary dance is, is the fact that you can be a chameleon and you can adapt to different styles and ways of moving. Um, so I think that, and then being able to go through that process, which normally is, you know, very hard and quite arduous but it's welcomed because it is something that I want then to perform that on stage and feel the accomplishment of being like okay I had that first rehearsal and I struggled and doubted myself and thought this was not I wouldn't be able to do this to the level that this person wants me to do it at and then to perform it and maybe not, maybe not uh, most nights do it to the performative level that I want, but still in the big scheme of it all um, have that self-satisfaction, I think. I mean, for me, performing is like, it is amazing. That connection you have with the audience the energy that you have that flows like from yourself to the your colleagues on stage and outwardly from the audience and coming back at you and you know the buzz you get before a show and then the buzz you get after when the audience is applauding like it's just like nothing replicates that like I haven't found anything that replicates that but the process in the studio is definitely the most rewarding by far the hardest but the most rewarding and has that changed for you over time has has was the performance at one point the most rewarding and now it's become more the process definitely I think when I first started out being a professional dancer I guess you or no that's me generally speaking. Myself, I thought uh, the best part about dancing is performing and being on stage, which it absolutely is. Like it's it's an incredible experience. But being a professional dancer and knowing how hard it is and the, the going into work already sore, already fatigued, uh, knowing that you have, you know, um, this, this long day ahead full of rehearsals, going into it, you know, it being a lot of the time frustrating, you know, you have this 
these 16 people that you work with every single day and yes you're kind of like a family so therefore it's like you know I might not be vibing you today but yet I have to dance with you for the next four and a half hours very intimately (laughs) and we have to work together you know it's just it's every day is so different and it's always so challenging and that's why I know that the process I think is the most beautiful thing maybe not in the moment I'm not going to put myself on a pedestal and be like I think it's so good even though it's challenging but um when I look back on it when I'm in that performance season and I look back on how hard that creative period was I think that's the most rewarding yeah, that's something that across all sports or dance at any level, I think once you lose the joy in the process, I think the game's over. Mm. Because when you're a child, it is process thinking, even though your mind's on the achievement or on the, as you said, on the performance or on the goal, the external extrinsic reward. Mm. And for whatever yeah. reason, whether it's an intrinsic or extrinsic um, motivation, it's neither here nor there. You're motivated to to move forward and focus on the process. But as we get older, we are so close to the peak of that mountain or so close to the top of that pyramid that it's not the 10% or the, or the 5% things that we increase. It's these literally 0.1%, you know, the 0.0001% exactly. increase. In, and this is what really shined and came out before was that the moment you've got this real glory of pushing the personal threshold so that you can increase your personal best. Yeah. And you're, that's what you're striving for and I think that's yeah. really it's beautiful it's poetic and it's it is motivating and inspiring to know that someone who has been performing at, a, at the highest level for a long period of time with a number of different choreographers you know ups and downs as you said still has that desire to push themselves to be inspired to push themselves to that point of I can be better and you'd love to hear someone mm. come up and whisper in your ear I know you can be better that yeah, wasn't it totally. but you can do it that to me is almost that vision of potential that is on the opposite end of that judgment that we talked about before. Exactly. And when you're, when you're in an industry or a sport that is continually judging you and then therefore is making you judge yourself, to have somebody on your shoulder, have that little angel come in, lift you up and sort of say things like that and see your potential, that it must light the fire within mm. For you to get up and, as you said, go through all that grueling process yet again, just to get that zero 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 one percent better. Exactly. Like, you know, being sore and working hard and being frustrated and all the things that comes from like a grueling, intense rehearsal period as a dancer, like that's all worth it if you feel that you are growing and you are becoming, you are improving as an artist. I think that's what the, for me, that's the aim to, to continue to improve myself as an artist to, you know, find another color in my color palette and be like, wow, I didn't have that before. Now I can put it on the canvas. You know what I mean? So, That's the most rewarding thing. Now, for this podcast, I've handpicked some brands with game-changing products that you can get your hands on to take your performance to the next level. 
Hybration Organics are an independent Aussie company. They are inspiring a community with their ethos and products. They are awesome. All ethically sourced chaga, lion's mane, cordyceps, cacao, and maca from sustainable organic micro farms, meaning small batch, which also means their quality is unbeatable. Now, if you don't know the health benefits of some of these things, let me inform you right now. It's unbelievable. Chaga, the immune system support, it fights inflammation, slows down the aging process, lion's mane, nerve repair in the brain, can reduce mild anxiety and depressive symptoms, cordyceps, can boost exercise performance, anti-aging, heart health, and maca, increased libido, energy, endurance, mood, helps fight free radicals, and all these shrooms are anti-cancer. Now to get your hands on some of these epic goodies, the legends over at Hybration Organics have given you, the MapLife family, a whopping 25% off your first order. So head on over to the Hybration Organics website, that's H-I-G-H-B-R-A-T-I-O-N, Organics, that's H-I-G-H-B-R-A-T-I-O-N, Organics.com.au, and use the code MAPLIFE25, that's M-A-P-P-L-I-F-E 25 at checkout, and let's let the good times keep on rolling. We've talked about precision, about process. We've talked about progress. Probably saying all these P words in a microphone is not a great <laughs> idea. But, um, we've talked about perception, pressure, you know, a number of things that, that young athletes, young dancers uh, or creative artists need to be aware of as you move forward. Yeah. As you get closer to the tip of that pyramid, as I said, or the triangle, these are the things that are going to grant you the keys to the next level in terms of getting those little one percenters right and focusing on that process. I wanted to jump back in quickly to when you feel like you are not aligned mind and body, that the relationship between your mind and body is misaligned. What are the things that you've reflected on from the past when that has happened so that when you move into the future and the alarm bells go off in terms of the misalignment, what are some of those things and hopefully that young people or young dancers can be wary of so that when they turn up on their doorstep or the alarms go off in their body or their mind, they can then understand because they've heard you talk about them and then there's perhaps some strategy after it to realign Mm. yourself with the trust I mean, for me, alarm bells in terms of realising that I don't, I am misaligned is feeling resentment, (laughs) having um, a little resentment for the studio that I'm walking in to every day and all that it encompasses. And I think then letting that feeling because that resentment is also attached to um, doubt. It's attached to not, yeah, not trusting myself, not trusting my abilities, having a very, um, having my self-esteem quite low. So walking into that, feeling all those feelings, but then mainly feeling resentment for the studio that is make or the, everything that encompasses in that studio to make me feel that way and so then going in there and rehearsing and dancing and kind of being fueled by that that's not dancing at all really that's me giving 
the people in that room what I think they want or what they expect of me and nothing else. And being like, here it is, take it. This is what you want. I'll give it to you, but that's it. And so that, that's massive alarm bells. And that is where I cause an injury. And um, so strategy-wise for future, I mean, I have gone again into the studio after being injured, after the whole process. And just thinking, yes, I'm tired. Yes, I feel like I'm not having a lot of trust from the people above me and in the studio. But that's also my perception of them and what I'm going through. And, you know, I come into the studio for me. That's this is my place also. You know, what I am doing in the studio every day is not just for the people in front of me. It's for myself. It's for, you know, four weeks ahead when I'm on stage performing for some, for an audience or for some person in the audience who's going to see that performance and think, wow, that really brought something to my life, you know? In my career, when I shifted my lens from self to service, there was a profound shift in my output. And it happened on a numerous amount of occasions where I found that, and this is what we tend to do, you know, when you're performing at a high level, when things aren't going so well, you shift from thinking about others and what you can do for others and giving, because what's happening internally is you're feeling like you're becoming less full or more empty. So the lens starts to Mm. shift and you start to then use the judgment on, on everything that you could be doing better then you ask yourself, then why am I doing this? And a lot of the time it comes down to personal goals and personal things and things for the self. When in actual fact, yeah. if we can just shift that lens, you know, 180 degrees and see what we can give more. It's, and when this is how, when people go through a lot of mental health, some of the best things in, in terms of shifting frequency and shifting themselves is to focus on what you can do for others rather than what you can feel for yourself. And that perpetuates, that give and receive perpetuates this, the feelings of uplift or inspiration, Mm. or that internal spark that we spoke about before. And it's not hard to lose that when you're performing at such a precise level that the spark might dim on occasion because of, as you said, the perception or or the pedantic nature of precise performance. Yeah. So you mentioned then that there was a a balance for you seemingly between self and service. Is that correct? Yeah. When you're in good form. So perhaps the alignment then could be held in two hands like a balance beam of making sure that you're self-fulfilled but also fulfilling your duty as a giver as well as someone who can offer Mm. what they can offer. And then perhaps when one is too heavy on that self side, we do start to feel a little bit out of balance. But if it was too heavy on the service side and less on the self side, would you personally get the same amount of satisfaction out of the dance if it felt that way? No, because as beautiful as it is to perform and to, um, you know, even meet people after the show and for them to be like, wow, that was amazing and, you know, that was 
that really made my day or anything like that that's amazing but that's always the the end product in a way it's not like I'm trying to produce that and that's not the end goal but I think it's always the I, I will always in a performance remember how I felt on stage and um rather than the outcome of the what the audience thought so if I'm on stage and and I'm and I'm not feeling it and I'm not aligned and I'm not I'm feeling that emptiness a little but yet I'm still I don't even think that's possible also at the same time I think like you know the authenticity of like how you're feeling on the inside and I feel like that reaches out to the audience I feel like I've I've seen dance and seen it's you know it's emptiness and seeing its dryness and kind of been like, wow, that dancer was beautiful and he or she did something amazing on stage, but that had no soul. You know, I think it's like if you don't have that soul in there when you're dancing, I think that it, it just reads personally, maybe because I'm a dancer and I know, but I feel like anyone can really see that. Dance is driven by passion and determination and no you're not always going to have that like not at all but there's always for me there's always something that I find you know even if I'm going on stage and I'm not feeling it I'm angry at something or I'm tired or fatigued or whatever there's always something there's always something for myself to connect to whether it be the music whether it be my partner on stage and I and I he's in it and so then I get in it and you know you sense the audience's energy there's always something to draw on so I think like having that out of balance where it's just serving I don't think that really works (laughs) for me personally I don't think that really works with every service it's a reciprocation you know with every give there's a receive if you go out there and pay it forward you know random act of kindness you receive an intrinsic explosion of love in your heart for mm. what you've done. So there is that balance point of service mm. to self, of service to self. Totally. Coming into this question which you brought up, not every performance can you feel that way, but I ask the question, why not? Okay, anyone who knows me well knows how excited I get over a lot of things, and one of those being a glorious cup of coffee. One of my favorites kingdom coffee why well one the beans are a dream and two kingdom coffee is relationship coffee meaning that it aims to give back profits to people in need currently they're supporting surf aid australia compassion and a ministry out of zimbabwe that helps accommodate and love abandoned babies before attempting to reunite them with their family what an absolutely incredible opportunity to partner with people who support the less fortunate both on a personal and professional level. Now, roasted weekly in small batches using ethically sourced coffee with complete transparency from farmer to cup. So, what better way to enjoy your coffee than knowing every sip of that golden syrup is helping someone in need? And, as the MapLife family, you'll receive an enjoyable 15% off your orders by using MapLife, that's M-A-P-P-L-I-F-E, 15 at checkout. So, visit Kingdom Coffee, that's K-I-N-G-D-O-M, coffee.com.au, and get your hands on the beans that give back. Ultimately, 
it, it is about passion. It's about dedication. So rather than focus on why that's going to go wrong, what are some of the things that you could do and that you do do and that young athletes or young yeah. artists can do to prime themselves before every performance so that they can step out onto the stage so that they're primed and ready and aligned? Mm. Um, for myself personally, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not one of those people who have, you know, they have to put their makeup on at a certain time before a show in a certain way and then do a certain warm up. I mean, for us, we always have two hours prior to a show to eat and do whatever we need to do. And for myself, it is super important for me to have 20 minutes where I just, I'm not surrounded by my other colleagues. Cause you know, like your other colleagues will also have adrenaline or want to discuss things and you're just around each other all the time. <laughs> so just having like 20 minutes for myself to just like check in, realize what I'm feeling, not trying to like overthink it or analyze, say if I am feeling, um, really fatigued or really tired or in any sort of way and just like either meditating or just kind of just breathing and then following up into like a really good warm-up and I think having that warm-up on stage because I know you can do it backstage but for dancers you can have the option to do it on stage I think for me doing it on stage seeing the space that I will be performing in um, acknowledging it for what it is without the lights, without the music, you know, it's just this bare stage and um, so it doesn't seem so intimidating and overwhelming when the lights do come on and the curtain opens up. And, yeah, just going through a warm-up that feels good for me on that day. You know, I'm not going to do the same warm-up. I know that some people do the same exact warm-up every day, but... I know that if I do the same warm up, some days that might not feel nice, and I'll be doing it just for the sake of it's the same thing I have to do every night. Um, so just listening to my body and checking in, and being compassionate and to myself if I am feeling really tired, if I don't really feel like doing the show, you know, and exerting that much energy, just being compassionate that even making this strategy plan sometimes. You know, when we're doing these triple bills and it's you have like three 40-minute works uh, being like, right, today I'm really tired. I don't really know how much I can push myself today. So I'm definitely going to take the first half of the first piece. I'm 70% easy. Like I still get the same, um, I think, outcome as I would giving 95 and I, I personally, as a dancer, never believe you should give 100%. <laughs> but that's a very personal thing because giving 100% means you're just throwing everything and that's when I'm misaligned with my body too. When I'm giving 100, I am not in my mind. I'm just in my body just chucking it away. So um, that's something else. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think – just having that time out for myself, checking in on how I'm feeling mentally, how I'm feeling physically and just 
showing compassion for that, creating a plan for myself because a lot of the time when you are dancing, obviously you can get carried away and then later on in the piece feel like you're fatiguing. So it's very much for me having a bit of a plan of action and then while I'm dancing, if I do feel like, oh, I'm really going for it, I really don't need to pull in back, you know, just constantly checking in. Do you or have you ever journaled? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and more into focusing on, you know, professional journaling. So what you mm. feel during training before shows, after shows, do you spend time on, in a journal in that sense? No, I haven't. Not a, not a, like a work journal, never. Like a performative training journal, no. That's maybe a good idea. That would be very interesting. The people I've worked with and definitely read stories of, to be able to notate um, very, very simply, when things are going well, how are you feeling? What are you doing? What's my alignment? How's my mind thinking? What's my heart feel like? What's my soul feel like? Am I feeling balanced between self and service? Those kind of things, which also cues you to when you're not feeling those things. And when you are, that's fantastic. It's just as important to write that down as when you aren't, because when you aren't in flow or in form, you can then reflect on what you were doing on say a night or pre-performance that that was happening where you did feel those things mm. and you can almost align your day to have those similar things. It's almost priming yourself to a degree right. that becomes it becomes a little bit more precise. And for someone like yourself who loves precision and is striving for personal best, it's a very personal way to tune in. Yeah. And you said check in. I like to say tune in. Um, because it's, you know, obviously with a tuning fork, you can kind of hear whether things are in harmony or whether things are not. Yeah, And ultimately to encourage the body to feel these good feelings because what we want to do is we want to reward the body for working hard, mm. for doing all the things that you're doing, you know, putting it through excruciating pain and fatigue and tiredness. And then one of the things that I've seen so many young guys do and girls do is not enjoy the spoils of their achievements, almost like either that imposter syndrome or having the inability to really open themselves up their heart up to receive praise and receive all the great stuff that comes from the hard work because, and that is detrimental as we go on. Cause once you taste achievement and your body says, Oh, I understand now. If we mm. work our ass off and do all the things you put us through, we're going to feel like this. And it's like, okay, next time I know we're going through all the hard shit, then no worries. Cause I know we're going to end up in this place. And if we yeah. don't end up there, if you miss, you know, you don't get picked for a company or if your performance isn't right as you want it on that night, the opportunity to reflect and to appease your body, you know, that connection so that when you do start to work hard again, it understands that there's a process to this. And as you said, you're a very process focused person. So something like that, as you move mm. forward, could be really, really powerful to implement. That sounds amazing. And... <laughs> well, I'm, I'm stoked. Yeah, I'm sold. It, it... <laughs> Okay, if you, like me, froth on board sports, you must get yourself a board rack's board rack. Whether it's snow, surf, skate, sup, whatever you like to ride sideways, if it's a board, board rack's has a rack for it. 
They even custom fit racks to your house, your garage, your room, whatever. He is very accustomed to making custom board racks. Now, I've had Matt fit me a floor to ceiling, a freestanding, all kinds of racks for all kinds of boards, and I've always been stoked with the product. It is completely and utterly just top of the range, top of the market, and I'm so stoked to be able to bring that to you guys, the MapLife family. So if you'd love to get your hands on one of these board racks, just head on over to www.boardracks, that's B-O-A-R-D-R-A-X.com.au. And if you put in the code MAPLIFE at checkout, that's M-A-P-P-L-I-F-E, Matty will sort you with 10% off and he'll get that out to you ASAP. So that again is www.boardracks, B-O-A-R-D-R-A-X.com.au. Your desire to be challenged, to be inspired, to surprise yourself, to push your thresholds mm. um, and have someone sit on your, or you know, come up and whisper in your ear, that's not good enough. But knowing it's coming from a place of love and potentiality and what you can achieve, it's really, again, really a cool thing to realize or to come to the understanding of how important mentors are and how they still affect us in later adulthood because I've got a personal coach myself. His adage was to focus on the process and the result will take care of itself. Mm. Uh, And when I heard that, I think I was in my mid-teens at the time and I've used that for the rest of my life. And it is something that's influencing how I live to this current day. So when you did performances back when you were 13 or 14 with this mentor, was there anything that she added to the pre-performance phase that you have taken into now into your routine or your priming routine where you're tuning in with your body? Is there anything that you can assimilate that has come from her? I mean, she would always say before, like I would go to do these as Steadfords where you do a ballet solo or something like that. She would, you know, I'd always be really stressing and, Uh, freaking out and the adrenaline would just like get to me and I remember she would always say to me just like you know you've put in all the hard work so whatever happens on stage happens on stage you can't like you can't control that what you've done in the rehearsal studio is that's that's where the money is so whatever the result is don't worry about it because you've you've proven that you can do it so I think that alleviated the pressure, but you know, that doesn't help still when you go on stage and you do your first ballet solo and the ribbons that are tied around your ankle just pop open. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> I have no idea how it happened. They were tucked really tightly in and all of a sudden they just popped open and I spent the rest of the two and a half minutes on stage. <laughs> My first ballet solo ever at a at an Estenford just dancing around with my ribbons hanging on the floor tripping up on them not great did you trip on them <laughs> yes absolutely oh, shit. it was the stuff of nightmares i'm surprised i kept dancing after that <laughs> oh man i found that fascinating that um it brought it full circle from the start of the well from the conversation where we talked about train as hard as you can and let your body do what you've trained it to do in performance yeah absolutely and I find that supremely, uh, you know, endearing and fascinating by you wanting to push your threshold in training, in your process to have someone come up to you and say, that's not good enough. You can be better. Mm. 
your brain would then be calculating that if I do that, if I can get potentially better in my training, then I'm going to be better on stage. Because when I go on stage and let my body go or let my body do what I've trained it to do, if I've trained it further than I've ever trained it before, I'm going to be better than I've ever been before. Mm. And to have somebody say to you, that's not good enough, you can do better. I guess we, or you can now understand why that's so exciting to you is because it's going to make your performance better. It sounds simple, but it really isn't because it's not someone going, oh, you've got so much potentiality. You can really do that. You can do this. And I believe in you and and all the, the positive things. Yeah. But for you to have someone come up to you and say, that's not good enough mm. in an endearing way. Yeah. Is the way that you like to be pushed on a personal level and it's the way that that it gets you to the point that you are now so moving forward you're kind of looking for these people to believe in Mm. and also believe in you but in a way that you're not capped your potential isn't capped they don't see you as as chloe in that square that we put before it's she's got more in her and i'm going to try and figure out how to get that out of her and that's the beauty of a good coach is that it's individually tailored even when you're in a dynamic team environment and, exactly. and to understanding how to get the best out of all your dancers or all your players on an individual level is the difference between a good coach and a great coach or a bad coach mm-hmm. and a great coach or good director and a great director. So knowing that as you move forward, is there anything that you can do uh, and move uh, that you can do or you can offer your, your fellow performers or offer your director so that they understand how you work? Without directly telling them? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, um, I feel that in my current situation, And I think, and another company I was with, it's very hard to, uh, mm. (laughs) this is hard without me going, delving into. um... I I think um, in all honesty, I mean, we've been chatting for like an hour, um, which is crazy, but um, so I don't, I think we'd almost rounded when you when you we came back before there was something you said before I got sort of stuck on how I wanted to put it. It uh, yeah. almost rounded off pretty perfectly to okay to the conversation. So rather than even having to go down there, which I I don't think we need to because it's been so fluent and we've talked about some really great stuff. Unless you yeah. want to, I don't know. I don't think we need to. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's up to you though. Like I don't want to stop you if you want to go go deep, but it's like it's more about. Um, yeah, I, I just, I don't necessarily see what it's going to bring to yourself or to the audience, Mm. um, to, uh, unless there's, there's a lesson in there that people can take away in terms of, of, of a relationship. But I personally, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking more so it's okay. We don't need to go there. But if you're thinking, can we go down there? Then let's go down there. I'm, I'm, I've got the time, but it's really up to you. Like, I don't think we need to, but I'm saying... Um, yeah, 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 yeah. 
no, it's probably better that we don't. Um. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. And and ultimately, it's because it's not that's not what this conversation's been about, really. It's, yeah, it's, absolutely not. More. Exactly. Yeah, which is good. Um, so what I'll do then is I'll try and uh, tie in a question that's going to sort of lift us out of that position, because um, we've talked about so uh, we've talked about you know the requirements to form at the that sorry. We've talked about what are the, the, the requirements are to perform at the highest level, you know, things like yeah. uh, training, uh, the pre-performance phase, priming. We, we spoke about, we listed all those P words before, which are important, um, you know, precision, process, progress, uh, perception, pressure. We talked about the, the need for trust in the self, but also trust in the process. Mm-hmm. We um, The ability to compassionately judge oneself so that the personal threshold is placed further than it has been before for self-satisfaction because you want to be challenged, inspired, and you really want to surprise yourself with what you can achieve. I think there's Mm. been some absolute greatness that has come from this um, conversation for for young athletes or young dancers to understand that that, um, the comparative narrative as you placed it before, which I thought was really poetic, was is something that is only going to cause detriment as you move forward. Um, so you should be comparing yourself to what you've previously achieved, which is when mm. we talked about the journal, um, you know, you can make a reflective uh, process of that so that you can then, again, push yourself a little further than you did the day before, that one percenter. Um, so... If you were sitting down with a group of young athletes and, you know, they're looking up at you wide-eyed, what are some of the things that you would say to them if they want to become what you've become? What are some of the things that you would say to encourage, but also some of the things that you would say to, to inspire, to move in the direction of their goals, their dreams, their hopes? My main thing is, and what I would want to say to my younger self starting out is just to trust in the process trust in your abilities but don't be complacent or so distrusting that it's um that it fills you with doubt and um I mean, for myself, it almost like paralyzed me sometimes, you know, walking into a uh, a workshop or an audition, um, you know, my self-doubt almost paralyzed me, but then leaving the audition, you know, maybe not have got getting the, the place in the company, but just coming out of it and just, understanding that I am so capable like I think having also the trust in the fact that what I bring is unique to myself and that is good enough you know I think having that uniqueness and really being aware of it and honing in on that and nurturing it and um using that to your best ability is what's going for myself what set me apart 
as soon as I started trusting in myself and realizing what I brought in terms of like movement style, but also um, way of working, um, that's when I really felt like I progressed and uh, really understood myself as an artist. But also knowing that there's still more, like I not as in, you know, I, there's more turns that I can try and do because I'm absolutely a sham at turns and I cannot do them to save my life. But, you know, my ability to um, improvise and create movement and adapt to different styles so, so easily, like I think that's one of my strengths and knowing your strengths but also being compassionate to your weaknesses because inevitably they're not weaknesses. They are just um, parts of you that still bring something special. I don't know. It's very, (laughs) I feel like I would be very, feel very nervous sitting in front of everyone being like, this is what you should do. (laughs) I'm still trying to figure it out. In your career, have you been someone that has focused on improving weaknesses or strengthening strengths? Strengthening strengths because I know myself and focusing on those weaknesses, it's very, very important, especially to to acknowledge them and you know, have them in your pocket, knowing that they're your weaknesses. But I feel like if I spent a lot of my time trying to um, improve them, I wouldn't find the potentiality of my strengths. That's powerful. Very powerful. Mm -hmm. And a quick time travel, if you can think about a time or feel a time when you were completely aligned either in a performance, in training, on stage, off stage, where you felt completely in tune. You've got that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. So <laughs> now I'm going to shift you completely to the opposite of that and go, do you remember a time when you are really doubting yourself, really in a, in a place of self-doubt, the esteem is low, Perhaps the resentment is high. What can the aligned self say to the misaligned self in that moment to align you and bring you into a state of alignment? My aligned self would say to my misaligned self, it's not worth it. It is not worth the emotional, mental and physical energy being put into feeling the resentment, feeling anger, feeling the low self-esteem. It's not worth it because feeling aligned is a truly magical thing. Like I can definitely think of one performance where I was so aligned and I can even feel it and it just feels so beautiful. It is. Where do you feel it? 
oh, I feel it in my heart space. I feel it like, and it just like going all the way through my limbs. It's just like this feeling of uh, warmth, but like, yeah, flow, like feeling weightless and, but yet grounded. It's amazing. And so being misaligned, it's, it's, it's not worth the time, the energy, the, the headspace that it requires because it does require, it requires that um, focus on, you know, the, the negative feelings and emotions and behaviors at that time. Um, and then deciding to, you know, really intensify those, um, that concentration and um, amplify the energy you put into it. And it's just not worth it. So I'm you, I'm the misaligned you and you're the aligned you. I can see at the moment you're really, I would be inspired to, to be looking at you in that and I want to feel like that, but I need to spend my time doing something. And at the moment, mm. like you said, I'm spending all my time thinking about this stuff, the resentment, the doubt. So what do I do to then, how do I feel like you? Just, I think, oh, I'm not really sure. I guess trust in the fact, trust in, oh, maybe it's also just like thinking back to why, why I, why I got into, I feel like this is really cliche, <laughs> but um, thinking back as to why I got into dance in the first place and that the, you know, the, almost the child, like sensations we were talking about before just totally having that inhibition and no I will never be able to replicate that but the the body and the mind is still capable of doing that and that's how I feel when I am totally aligned and you know just trusting in your capabilities without the judgment of everyone else that's you know their day-to-day as hard as that is. So are you telling me to believe that I can feel that way again? Absolutely. Because there are moments. There are like, there are moments of feeling that way. And I know at the beginning of this podcast, I said, no, absolutely not. But I go back on my word. There is. Because when you trust the body memory, and you're not in your head, then it is all capable. Like you are capable of that. Mm. And that's what makes it all worth it. That's what makes it the makes hard it times all worth it. All worth it. It's great to see that smile. And you've got this, you got, you have a lightness to you at the moment. Yeah, I'm that's, feeling that's good. <laughs> that's the intention of the, of the conversation. That's magic. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. I really appreciate your time and yeah, anything that we can do on this end for you is, um, is always available. So thank you again. And on behalf of the audience, they, uh, they wish you all the best too. Thank you. Well, what a privilege that was to discuss mindset, performance, mental health with Chloe. What an absolute superstar. And if you want to follow along with what she's got going on, check her out on Instagram. She's at Chloe Leong, C-H-L-O-E-L-E-O-N-G, underscore, 
or take one of her epic, epic Pilates classes that she's been running online. She's a fantastic teacher. She's really gifted. And I also want to send out a huge congratulations to her for her first choreographer performance for City Dance Company's New Breed. And it was mind-blowing. It was incredible. Such courage, such vision, such artistry. To be able to pull that off in the way that she did is just incredible. So if you get the opportunity to go and check that out, that's the Sydney Dance Company New Breed, and her piece is called Nostalgia. Just to finish off, a wee reminder about the subscribe and review of the Map Life podcast. As you can understand, it helps with getting the word, getting the podcast out to more people where we can help them improve their purpose, their meaning, their fulfillment in their life. And for doing that, you'll automatically go into the draw for the amazing prize pack that we're putting together with all of our sponsors for season one. Now, you've got to be in it to win it. So as we said, subscribe, review, head over to the Map Life Instagram. That's at M-A-P-P underscore L-I-F-E. And until next week, live the life you're capable of. Today's episode was produced by MAP, one-to-one mindset and performance coaching, where we focus on the process and let the results take care of themselves. If you'd like to align with how much more you're capable of, contact us either on Instagram at MAPLIFE, that's M-A-P-P underscore L-I-F-E, or at www.maplife.com.